three, two, one, and we're live. Jed, welcome back. How are you? It's been it's been too long. It's been far too long. There's been some interesting changes that have happened in both of our lives that have sort of meant that our uh, previously very readily available schedule has changed. Do you want to mm. inform our viewers some of the changes going on in your life at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm working. I'm working in a factory. Um, I've decided that. I am, you know, I'm, I'm betting on myself in the coaching realms. Um, and that means that I'm not going to be able to do a sort of nine to a six or nine to a seven legal job. It's just not going to work. So I'm, uh, I'm doing some, uh, some just labor stuff at the moment, but I'm knock off sort of, you know, three, three thirty. So it, it sort of works. Um, well, mate, you got to give, I've, I love when I hear people chasing their passions because there's too many miserable fucks in the world. They will go and do what they think they should do rather than what they want do, want yeah. do, want to do, I should say. So good on you for that. Yeah. It's, um, right. it's like, it's, it's fine, but like the, it's just, that's just reality. Like I'm sure you like uh, have guys down there who just make training and like, you know, like Bona, like when he was working in his law firm, like he, they come in their suit and they get changed. Like, and like, you'd know, it's from coaching perspective, you need more, you need more time than that. Yeah. You've got to be there to set it up. You've got to be there to have the meetings. You've got to be there to put in some time um, as well. So that's fine. I'm just going to better myself here. I, well, you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to say about that is if you're, if you're doing, if you want to go all in on coaching and you're doing like a full-time job, like being a lawyer or a player agent, you're not really going all in, in my opinion, because it's too much time. If you, if you really want to be a good coach, I think it takes up a lot of your life and, with a profession like what you've had, if you, if you're not fully invested in something, something else will take from it. So, would would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I, you know, I was, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. Like I think whilst you're doing like second grade, maybe you can sort of get away with skating by. But if you decide that it's something you want to uh, make a living from, uh, then. I don't know. I just think it's just like some sacrifices you got to make with any with any job, or with any, with any passion. You know, I couldn't agree more. So for me, Kate has finally got yeah. Uh, so term four, it's very hard for casual teachers to get full time jobs, and because every second teacher that you meet in the world is a PE teacher, it's very hard to get jobs in general because <laughs> they want to do they want to do PE. So she, she, her family's from Foster, so she got a call on Friday going, "Hey, can you start Monday in Foster?" So Kate can't drive because she's epileptic. So I've had to ship the whole empire up to Foster. So I'll be spending half my life here, half my life in Sydney, which which suits me just fine. So it probably how's keep. That, how's that work with training? So we train Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, or, or like Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Like we mix it up a little bit. So I'll just I'll just come up here Sunday, go back Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's not a big deal. And it's a super easy drive now. It's like three and a half hour drive. You know, just plug a podcast in. There's not many stoppages now. So you've pretty much cut out the Chatswood section, which was the, you know, the, the head fuck, if I'm honest. Yeah. Mate, super cruisy. So I can't complain. It's a beautiful place to be. Cronulla's a beautiful place to be. I've got all the free time in the world at the moment. I shouldn't say shit like that because what I found is every time you start congratulating yourself, life kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> and there's been a little bit of that happening lately. But anyway, let's start talking about all the stuff going on in the world this week. Jack yeah. Gillespie, we've missed a little bit. 
But uh, probably I, I think a good place to start would be the three Japanese players all of a sudden, three Japanese-based players, all of a sudden withdrawing from the Wallaby Tour. There's been a lot of different takes on it in the media. You know, Rugby Australia, the coaches and, and the management have been, you know, critical in, in the nicest way possible. Hamish McLennan, I think his name is, came out today saying he doesn't see the players as as he doesn't see that the players have done anything wrong. And then you had Samu and Quaid put out stuff on Instagram. What's your take on that whole situation? I mean, it was always going to happen to an extent, was it not? I'm sorry, I'm just uh, we might have to cut this bit. Shame, right. just shutting my door. Um, yeah, look, they they had contractual responsibilities, uh, you know, prior to them coming into the into the squad. That it was sort of always going to happen. I think we spoke last last time about the test window and the opportunities players do have. Um, but yeah, look, I think that like the I saw the Sensei Quaid post and I saw some of the post sort of about being pulled and, you know, this and that and having, I don't think they had a choice really. I mean, I think it was probably a negotiation like from RA going, can they stay? Can they come out and play for a couple more nights? And the answer is no. So that's pretty much where it ends. Like it doesn't surprise me, but it also turns our team from uh, like, you know, Reasonable chance of going four and zero into, I think probably two and two in my mind. I, I agree totally. I, I feel like that they've they've been put in a very tough spot. So legally, due to the world rugby requirements, the clubs have to be seen to be letting them play Test rugby during the window. Yeah, would that is that an accurate statement? Yeah. And so they've said yes, you can, but. I think privately they probably put a fair bit of heat on the boys to go, look, we signed you under the anticipation that you weren't available to play for Australia again. And the boys are going, well, my boss is not happy with me. Like I obviously want to play for Australia, but what would anyone do in that situation? You know, you uh, Quaid particularly is more towards the back end of his career. So he needs to maximize any potential earnings that he can have to set him up for whatever he's going to do next in life. And that's just a reality. I, I think anyone in any career would probably have done the same moves that they've done. Could it have been handled better? Definitely. Yeah, I think the, the bit that sort of pisses me off or, or that I find stupid is the fact that they were even selected in the first place or the like that, like who's doing the due diligence behind the scenes to maybe, you know, three or four weeks out while they're still playing the, uh, whatever they call the tournament these days, or they're still playing New Zealand to go, these guys actually aren't going to be available. Instead, they fucking name them and they basically tell them to get on a plane. And then they do the sort of negotiation, whatever they want to call it. Like that was stupid because guys were left at home. People were sort of left out of the squad and now they'll be brought back in the squad. It seems like, like, does anyone have two weeks foresight in this this organisation? Well, yeah, yeah. Like it'd be very interesting to hear what actually happened behind the scenes because I, I feel like the Japanese would have done the right thing, um, like the sorry, the Japanese clubs would have said the right things, and then probably behind the scenes they're putting a little bit of pressure on the guys. I don't know exactly. That's just me reading into it. Um, but you're right. I think we've gone from a team that could have won four in a row to 
maybe looking a little bit shaky for a couple of those games. Like, I pray to God that we'll go Taniella Tupo doesn't get injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, we'll, a few, there'll be a few shootouts, penalty shootouts, and they're games we can win. But chances of scoring tries are dropping drastically. And um, Quaid, Quaid is sort of handing it off to his running back. And there's no one quite like Samir Krevi for us. The, the, the step down's massive. It's probably our biggest biggest step down in quality. And, you know, Hunter Pye's arm is actually very, very talented. He's very talented. But you're, you're talking about Karevi, who's, you know, probably top three in the world at, at what he does and in great form. So it makes, it makes a massive difference. It really does. Did you watch any of the games on the weekend? Yeah, I watched them both. Um, what did you think of the All Blacks? Let's touch on that first. Be honest, because I would like to know your opinion on this. What did I think of them? I thought they were they were fairly good. Okay. Why did you think I, that? I, I thought they had patches of absolutely amazing rugby. Yeah. But I thought at patches, they look quite shaky against the third-string Welsh team. Yeah. I know it's laughable to say that considering how well they won by. And I'm with you, but is it is it is it a byproduct of the way they play? That like balls will go down, they will fail exits, you will get charged down because you're playing a certain style of football. So the sh- I did see the shakiness, particularly sort of the back end of the first half. You know, Havili got charged down and they were, they couldn't really exit. So I get what you're saying. I do. Like they're not. They're certainly not flawless. But when you're playing non-stop attack, um, I think that comes with the territory a little bit. I think you might be right. Maybe perhaps I'm listening to too many of the Kiwi rugby supporters on Facebook and Instagram who are overly critical when one player misses a tackle. And maybe that started to rub off on me a little bit. Some of their tries were out of this fucking world. I think the first Sebu Reese try, where yeah. might have been. I think it was his first one, if he scored two. It was definitely seven. Three or four offloads in a row. Mate, that was Harlem Globe. Harlem, I'm slurring my words today. You good? Promise you I haven't had a stroke and I haven't had a drink today. (laughs) But it was Harlem Globe Trotters type stuff. It it was. But I'm falling deeper and deeper in love with Ethan Blackadder. I love him so much. He's a maniac. He's a, he, I saw all the quotes about how hard he goes to training stuff. He's the most no-frills player, I think. And the All Blacks, they always have one of them hanging around somewhere. Um, and he I grew up, He grew up not playing rugby. Did you, did you know that? His dad was an All Black captain, and he had no interest in playing rugby. Didn't even play first 15 at school. And decided afterwards, because his mates were playing, he'd go and play some club footy, and then ended up getting into it. And now, he, now he's an All Black. I know, like, I knew he did the long way around and, like, he had a few injuries and he, like, he, he left his run pretty late, but, oh, he's so tough and he does a lot of good stuff. I really like him. So, who are we playing this week? We're playing Scotland, aren't we? Yeah, they, look, they looked all right. They were, they were playing, uh, let's put this really nicely, probably not a full-strength Tongan team. Yeah, we, I was going to, I really want to talk about that because. Is that a nice way of saying it? Yeah, I mean that's that's the nice way of saying it. I, I I have a lot of sort of close people I spend a lot of time with who have played for Tonga. Um, I think you probably do as well. Yeah, a very very proud footballing nation. 
but they've got we've got a they've got Matt they've got massive problems with their with their board that runs the rugby over there and um, I know it's same with Samoa and they're constantly trying to resolve it but the team that played for Tonga on the weekend and I don't think Tongans would be necessarily disagree, they wouldn't necessarily disagree was a like a club football level side um, it had guys. You know, from it was basically thrown together from everywhere, and there was guys from club football in it yeah. who aren't currently contracted anywhere, um, including just like uh, New Zealand club players, and you know that's that's really it's it's misrepresentative of what Tong Tongan football is because there's some fantastic Tongan footballers. That really is. If you went through all the top teams in the world of Tongan heritage players, they'd be some of the most talented players in the world. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and then whether it's due to COVID, whether it's the club's not releasing them, uh, you know, all these things, it's not a, it's not a good look to, to have a, a team like that. I think it could have been worse than that score. Uh, with the team that was named, I was, yeah, I thought, I thought it could have been a lot worse. And I know they had like nine or 10 guys joining them, but... Yeah, it's looked at, it's not it's not a good look for for the Islander nations. It's not good at all. They they've got a very complex situation because the money that players can earn in Europe and Japan is so much better than what they can get over here. I mean, it's the same problem we have. But playing for Australia, while it's probably not as lucrative as playing in Europe, it's still fairly lucrative. So yeah. there's you know there's that incentive to come back if guys are invited back into the squad. For the Tongan guys, it's got to be a hard decision because I don't know specifically what they get paid to play for Tonga, but I imagine that it's not as much as they'd get playing in France. So losing out on that money is a big call that a lot of guys would have to make. It's a big call. And look, they make it They make it a World Cup time um, most of the time. One thing that I think should change and needs to change is, and it was very, it was a big thing when I was younger, um, so you were probably 30, 35 at the time. I was about 20. Um, the, if you played for Tonga, you then become an international. And so if, you know, I was playing for Eastwood, I played for Tonga, I'm now an international, and the Waratahs have to spend an international spot to get me in their program. And that was, that was keeping guys away from Tongan side, Samoan side, Fijian side. That has to be changed for developing or second-tier nations. It has to be. Yeah, yeah I agree, yeah, I agree completely. There's there's super rugby players like fuck. I don't have a list on me. There there is super rugby players who are very very good footballers. Um, who if they saw if they played for Tonga, their next contract is completely in the air. Like if they're if they're sort of fringe inside and outside the twenty three guys, they won't be re-signed as an international. The international space spots will be spent on. High-profile guys, or if you're the Waratahs, second rowers, fucking from New Zealand, from South Africa or New Zealand, Just random second rowers who have highlights real, but that fully changes their career path. So I think they've they've got to amend that. They've got to amend that. I totally forgot what I was just going to say, but oh, actually no, I've got it. I've been I've been sleeping terribly the last three days. It's um, changing scenery really fucks with you just quietly. Uh, but even even certain things like some of the requirements, like John John Lugia played for Southern Districts, 
Yeah. When he was younger, he played a game for Australia. Hey, yeah. it might have been one game. Um, he's automatically out of qualification to play for Samoa now, even though he probably would have for the last 10 years because he's been Definitely. playing French top 14, he's Samoan heritage. Definitely. But but the way that they can qualify to play 15s for their nation is they've got to yeah. go and play sevens. And he's not going to do that, is he? Big Johnny's not playing sevens for Samoa. No. You know, you know so I they've got to... I yeah. think they've got to put some sort of sense into it there. Whereas if yeah. it was a 15 test wallaby, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. Well, or even like Lepetti's just gone back to play for Tom. Lepetti's gone back and he qualified through sevens. But like you said, there's got a rugby league. I think have found the tipping point. Like they figured it out. There was a period there where like, if you didn't get picked for Australia, you go play for Fiji and rugby league need that a lot more than union do. Cause you know, they, they can they couldn't field the fucking teams for a world cup like they don't they, well, they all live to, in sydney yeah they need to create the fact that there's countries that play the game we have countries that play the game but they've got to relax those rules a little bit and that's the irb i presume to allow guys like lapetti or john yulizia who like you know give let's say it's three years say it's three years or or say it's you can't have played more than 10 games and it's three years or something but They've got to change those rules to make those sides stronger because they are stronger than they are. They're being named. I agree. If Nepo Lilala or, or like Joe Rothotho, I always, my Fijian friends always say it's Joe Rothotho. Okay. <laughs> but he, he played a long time for, on the wing for Fiji, uh, for New Zealand. Then he's yeah. gone to France and he, he had until recently been playing. Why could he not go and play for Fiji? Yeah. If they wanted to pick him. I think he, like Charles Peter has done it. That's right. So they had that window where they, they had the change window and they put that down to the Olympics um, and being able to sort of reallocate yourself. And that allowed a lot of players to do that. And when I say a lot, I don't mean a lot, sorry. It wasn't many guys who did it. Um, but it's hard. I think it's hard for Joe, who's like a 70 cap all black. But, you know, for guys like Johnny Lugia or, you know, there's so many playing super rugby at the moment who like deep down, if they're 25, 26, they're not going to play for the, for the Wallabies could go, okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to play for Tonga now and I'm not going to be here. I'm not, my contract won't be hurt next year in Australia because of it. Um, I won't have issues. Just, it makes a big difference. I, we, I think we've got to help actually not help them in much, so much as help them represent themselves the way they should be represented. Which is fucking powerful. So, you know, I just don't think we're doing that at the moment. And Lord knows that their Nate, that their their governing bodies have had a very, 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 very problematic history of corruption and and lost money and just all sorts of stuff. So it's it's really tough, man. I I think it would be harder to help in that area, but certainly relaxing some of the eligibility laws so that they are able to pick their best available team and, and coming up with some sort of solution. So clubs will not go, Hey, this guy's now an international. We're not going to sign him or he's going to play for his country. We're not going to pay him so that it becomes a, a decision where they can go, all right, we're not going to lose any money. Let's go and play for Tonga. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, people are aware of that because it, it has happened to people and it's hurt people. So um, when I was really just coming in, Sione Pukala was the inside center for East with the King. We used to call him and he played one game for similar to your story, one game for Tonga when they were touring. 
when he was about 20. And he was an extremely consistent, very, very good inside centre for Eastwood through the period of 2011 Premiership. And he couldn't get a super contract because he's an international player. And they so they spend it on, you know, Cipriani's and this and that, which I understand. So, you know, instead of playing domestically, he had to pick up and he ended up at Perpignan for a number of years and was able to sort of do it that way. But it, it, it's a thorn in your side. And I think if there's a young Tongan player, um, their agent's probably like, you need to be careful what you do and do not do in that instance. Do you want to touch on something um, a little bit? Do you want to be brave? Yes. What was your take on the Dave Chappelle situation over the last couple of weeks? I think it's 3% of society making 90% of the noise. In terms of Dave Chappelle, it's like comedy, like comedy treads the line of if you're not sort of occasionally, if you don't occasionally offend someone, you're probably not going to be very funny. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of been comedy for the history of comedy. So I don't have any interest in cancelling any. I'm, I hate cancel culture. Um, I think people should be allowed to exist. Um, if they are a fuckwit, then they exist as a fuckwit. You can't just remove them from reality. Yeah. Um, I think Dave Chappelle is, you know, he's probably one of the greatest comedians of all time. I don't find, like, I don't think he has a particular, uh, you know, invested interest in going against one community. But it's also, you know, I think he's sick of being told what he can and cannot say. Which is what we all fucking live with now, honestly. It's like even the fact that I was hesitant to bring it up because yeah. I knew I knew you would have a good take on it, and it's insane. But, but like, but that's right. That that a very small minority of people, if they complain, everyone has else has to be unhappy about it. And and like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to upset anyone. I, I don't believe if if I can not say something that's going to really upset someone, I won't say it because I don't genuinely want to hurt anyone. But if your intentions are fundamentally good, I still believe you should be able to say whatever you like. And, and I think we probably need to teach people how to deal with stuff like that a little better when we're growing up. Because people, it's like with me, caffeine gum. Have I told you about this? I had a call this week. Someone complained about caffeine gum Australia. Now you have to shut down. I think I did tell you. Yeah, you did. one person complained and even though the product is batch tested yeah you know, it's, it's got all sorts of good stuff going on with it the fact that one person complained was enough for them to try and shut me down by the way and we'll get into like we'll continue discussing but to that one person fuck you you need a day job or some or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something you are too bored well can fuck. you I, I i think they're trying to compete but like rather than just try and delete everyone else. Why don't you just improve your product and well, like make it more financially competitive and you know well, market it better? So that, that's my attitude I, on that. But I agree entirely with what you said. Like at some point, some like existing, you have to have a degree of thick skin. Or we used to have a degree of thick skin existing. Like I may read something or someone may say something about me that I don't particularly like. Oh, well, that, you know, then there'll be something that I do like. But now, you know, if, can you imagine the backlash you would get from the loud 5% if you posted something politically conservative on your Instagram? 
politically conservative. So our new premier is viewed as controversial because he's a Catholic. And I'm not a Catholic, but since when has been a conservative controversial? You know, it's an era now where like the left has free reign on just saying the most bizarre shit, you know, parading down everywhere, doing whatever the fuck they want. But if, if you don't agree with them, you, you gotta be quiet. It's actually, we're in a very strange state of society. I've got friends who I have different opinions to and different points of view on, on certain aspects of life. And rather than just go, they're a fuckwit, I actually try and understand their point of view. You know, let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. You believe that, I believe this. Let's work it out. And usually the answer is somewhere in the middle, like it is in everything in life. Discourse is dead now. You cannot have discourse because it's offensive or it's like la 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 like I'll, I'll close my ears as soon as the discussion begins but that's a, that's the fundamental basics of humanity is to be able to discuss a point of view and have two differing sides and attempt to understand it but like right now that our social media is so far left that if you were to post like a, uh if you just posted a pro-trump thing you'd get flagged like it, it's it's insane where we're and- at and um, certain people that might follow you would potentially unfollow you because um, of any pre- preconceived notion they have on Trump rather than going, hey, let's try and understand his ideas or what he's thinking because every single human being sees the world a different way and it doesn't mean I'm right, doesn't mean you're right, but let's try and work it out and understand each other. Yeah, I think, I mean, particularly in America, I think that's probably the genesis of, of a lot of the world's or, or it certainly exists as a microcosm of the world's issues um the term and the concepts of like hate speech and discrimination this and that just get thrown around so so fucking quickly these days that it actually it takes away from people who are actually discriminated against or someone who's been treated in a hateful way like if i don't like your point of view it's i'm not a you you know you're not a nazi or you're not a communist and you're not this today you just have a different point of view but you can't have different point of view these days, particularly publicly. Um, it's frowned upon. And unfortunately, the vast majority of Australians are just like, oh, well, I'll just let these uh, these guys just crap on. And sadly, I'll- sadly, I'm one of those people because I, I'll argue, I, I think I'm quite good at arguing if, if someone is willing to actually come back and have a discussion on it. That's, that's a big problem because you won't get that. Well, very occasionally you do, and they're actually quite fun conversations. But more often than not, someone has made their mind up and it will never, ever change no matter what you say to them and no matter what evidence you present. Yeah, the, the old confirmation bias. You, just, you find your answer and you, you elucidate anything you can to reach that. But, you know, I've, I've changed my opinion on, you know, many things politically, like in terms of like, immigration and like offshore spending and like pretty nerdy stuff but like i suppose you've got to be exposed to content to get that um but i know this all started with dave Chappelle, but i suppose the point is with dave Chappelle that there's nothing there's very little despite just besides like saying i'm going to kill someone or i'm there's a bomb in here or something like that there's very little that he can actually say that he's threatening to someone so a lot of people are threatened by words and threatened by 
that's you being insane. Stop it. Like, if he makes a joke about fat, bald people, I'm not threatened by it. Like, I'm not going to parade or I'm not going to do this or that. And if he makes a joke about people who run podcasts um, from the shy, like, it's not something to melt down about that you've been targeted specifically. It's comedy. Comedy's always on the boundaries. And it's such a waste of airtime that's been discussed. Um, I agree. He says he's going to put out a doco and I can't wait. He, he is a genius. He, I could listen to that guy talk for days. I, I just find him so interesting. I don't agree with everything he says. But look, if you cannot laugh at yourself, then you have some serious problems because, you know, you and I, Jed, we're fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's the most relatable shit. This shit that you should be able to laugh at yourself. So if someone was talking about this aspect or that aspect, you know. But My life is a complete joke. 2021 is a very sad. It's very sad. There's no jokes in 2021. And do you know what else I, I reckon? If you don't like something that someone is saying and they're not willing to talk to you about it, just delete them from your life. Don't listen to them. Yes. Uh, personally, I'm a very spiteful person and spite drives me. So I am I'm <laughs> comfortable with getting on board. But like, if you don't like what Dave Chappelle's saying, don't watch his fucking special. Oh, there's heaps of crap specials that I don't watch. I'm not even a massive Dave Chappelle fan. Did you? I sent you that. Uh, I sent you that YouTube channel of that guy that just picks apart comedians. Yeah, it was really funny. Fucking hilarious, mate. The one that he did on Brendan Shaw. He's done two of them. They got like over a million views. And the the put downs, the criticism. I haven't even watched Shaw, any of Shaw's comment. Comment. God, mate, I can't even speak oh, today. You're on a piss head. I promise you, I haven't had a drink today. Um, I haven't watched any of his comedy, but just watching the way that he tears him apart is so amusing to me. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. And look, even, you know what, Sean himself, who's, he's done a really good job of creating an empire from being a like a fairly good, but not top level heavyweight. He, he always says on his podcast, oh, I just don't go on social media. I don't go on it. So if like something crazy happens, someone will tell me that's it. And like, that's how you got to exist. Um, actually, while we're on this one, this, this, we may need to cut. Yeah. <laughs> Recording in progress. Technical oh. error. Yeah, there's a technical error because I, uh, anyway. we were talking about some controversial shit. And, you know, while we're starting out, we don't really want to offend anyone. I actually, uh, I don't mind offending people in general. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't want to, I don't want to upset anyone I like. That, that's oh, I don't want to upset anyone I like either, but people shouldn't be upset by words. No, I agree. I agree. Can I can I ask you what your opinion of the article today in the paper was about them cutting down some of the big wigs in the ARU? Oh yeah, I saw some. A few people sent that to me. I don't you know? That. Do you know? I don't know if it's true, but in the last sort of ten years, the Australian Rugby Union had the most employees of any rugby union in the world, uh, with a very yeah. um, you know smaller playing population than some of the big countries in the world. Um, <laughs> That's so, because when you retired, you joined the high performance unit and you were in charge of high performance. And that unit was 40 billion people wide. Um, and I well, don't know what they did, but look, it still is now. It still is now. And do you know the, the, you know what, I'm just going to say the, the guy that runs the national coaching 
um, qualifications and like the coach development, there's one person, one person. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's guys in the state unions that have jobs, but in terms of nationally coach qualifications and, and improving the level of coaching in this country, we have one person. Mm. It's a little bit imbalanced if you ask me. It is imbalanced. And I think we've got some good coaches in this country and a lot of them are coaching overseas. And there's, there's guys like you and I who are young coaches and aspirational and who, you know, we're at the start of our journey, I would say. But I think that something that New Zealand has done a lot better than us, and I, I've actually gathered this from talking to guys who have played in Australia and New Zealand, it's not just my opinion, is that they, they put a lot more effort into coach development in New Zealand than we do in Australia. And I'm not saying that the guys here who are doing it aren't, aren't trying their best. I just think it's under-resourced. So if you look at a lot of the super rugby teams in New Zealand, a lot of them hire a mentor coach that kind of works with the head coach as, as well, a mentor basically. And, you know, looking over the program and making sure the coaches are doing a good job and staying on task. Eddie Jones has a guy in England that does it. A lot of the yes, AFL. Steve Hansen does it. Michael Checker does it. Like they're, they're that overseer lord. They're the lord it, of the manor. But it's, it's particularly at super rugby level that, the, all the New Zealand teams have a coach mentor that is, you know, on staff and gets paid full time. Mm. We don't do that in Australia. No, not really. No, we don't. We don't. We do have it. a lot of, we have a lot of people employed at this like sub coach level, like a heat, like in the, at the sort of like junior representatives level, um, or like obscure areas level. I feel like that's where we spend our, our budget. But yes, ARU, had, like I, I know a lot of the employees sort of got laid off during that COVID period, but it sort of showed how many they had. Yeah. They had heaps. Did they? So I, I, I wasn't aware of what they had in terms of before COVID. I just know that I was speaking to the guy that runs the coaching stuff earlier in the week. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. You know, they've got a lot, but like, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see some stats on it, but I was discussing this with a, uh, with someone the other day about how the All Blacks sold um, a twelve and a half percent stake of their uh, of their image rights yeah. to the tech company uh, for four hundred mil NZ, which puts their valuation extremely high. If you go to math, um, I'm not. And but like you know, it would be hard to think that our the, the Wallabies valuation is higher than a hundred mil for for the. I'd love to know how they work that stuff out. Like to me, I'd compare the All Blacks brand to any sporting brand in the world. It's obviously not like a Manchester United or one of those teams, um, but it's the next tier down. Certainly, when when like when I've been in foreign countries and I'm trying to hook up with girls and I say rugby, they say, "Oh, all, you know the all oh, the All Blacks, All Blacks, All Blacks, All Blacks." Yes, yes, All Blacks. <laughs> uh, yes. Owen Franks, Owen Franks. Yes, I play there. I play many games there. <laughs> Hablo Inglés. Hablo Inglés. Oh, man. But are they trying to sell the ARU? No, I was just sort of making a point that it's worth nothing. <laughs> We're definitely not cutting that. Oh, no, I don't want to cut that. I don't, I don't care. No, you, nor should you. So I think I mentioned it before, but I've, been, I've had someone try and destroy me this week. What, the caffeine gum guy? The caffeine gum guy. And because someone complained, I've now got to look into shutting down the business. And they fucking rang me. They they rang me. Oh, is this Duncan Chubb? Yeah, Caffeine Gum Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we've had someone complain because they've tried to import your product and, and they've complained. So now you've got to shut down. And I've gone, um, so you're asking me to remove my livelihood because someone complained. He goes, yeah, I didn't want to make this conversation. I didn't want to make this call. I've gone, you, you understand that some random guy ringing me who I don't know is probably not good enough reason for me to shut down my business. Um, and especially as though you've given me no real information. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Maybe you should ring people and find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That would have, yeah, look, I, I, we did speak about this. I would have told him, uh, fuck go, himself. Go catch, go catch a bus somewhere. But go fuck yourself. Why doesn't he'll probably watch this too now? I'll yeah, be yeah. even more trouble. Yeah. Come to West Stride, mate. Shut my business down. I don't have a business. <laughs> um, but like, I still think you should just keep operating until the police get on. Of course, I'm going to. It's every professional sporting team in Australia uses yeah, this product. When we you told me about this, all I had in my memory was sitting. Is one watching Tupo Chu at every game, two seeing it on the sidelines, three being in a system where it was there every single day. I rang my brother; he's a cop, and I was like, "Is this illegal?" And I'm, he's like, "It certainly doesn't sound like it." And if it was, the AFP would call you or cut or cuff them. It sounded dodgy when he rang me. It's like like I got a call from the ATO before. Oh, hello, this is the ATO. I get fucking 13 of them a day. Mate, it's insanity now. Now I will almost not answer my phone if I don't know the number because it is always someone trying to rip me off or scam me. Hey, while I've, while I've got you, I, I need to put this out online just as a thought. I was thinking of doing a prank video where we call insurance companies trying to sell them insurance. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> or, or we call like telemarketing, uh, like Telstra and go, oh, hey, it's Duncan and Jed here from Bearcom. How are you? Yeah, good. Look, we've got this great deal on internet that we can add value to your office and it's in 5G and we can, you know, set up all your staff as well. Oh, but sir, this is Telstra. I know, but Please I've, got, but I've got a great deal for you. <laughs> Please hold, just two seconds. Press two if you're interested, one if you're not. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd love to commit more of my time to tomfoolery as it were um i might do that i'm just thinking is there anything else actually happening in the rugby world that is worth comment comment commentary no i well i I actually have one take yeah one more take i think we are as a nation particularly domestically we love vanilla footballers i think we like i think we like vanilla people what does that mean? like as in personalities and like well like people that don't try and stand out they're just up and down yeah i think we had we love like i was looking at the super rugby squads and i was like wow there's like where's the line break gonna come in this fucking team todd todd Loudon says this to me all the time we have lost broken field runners in this country oh we got none they they, they leave or they go and play another sport or it's almost like it's been coached out of guys because for years it's been like, let's not make mistakes. Let's not make mistakes. Let's not make mistakes. Let's kick it down the field. Let's play, play percentage footy. And I, I think it's almost been lost a little bit. And that's a good point, by the way, Jed. I just was, look, I, to, uh, it's always going to sound like I'm hating on the tiles, but the t- tiles get the most coverage, which is why I fucking look at them the most. But I was looking at the forward pack and I was looking at the back line and I'm going, where is... 
where's the like I know in the team that I'm co like assistant coaching at the moment, you know, you're trying to count, you balance out your X factor with your you have your Rico Yawani and then you have your Braden in or you know, you're like you, you balance out your X factor with your reliability. And I'm like, this is fucking nine out of ten reliability. Where's the X factor in this side? Like, besides Parisi and your mate Raboni, who's a very, very fucking good footballer. I'm a big fan of his. He's a fucking animal. Where's it? 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 Like, there is there is seven of the same player in that in that squad. Well, I reckon old man Holloway. Shout out to him. I know he'll be listening. Um, and yes, I did call him old man. Old man, just to see if he is actually listening. <laughs> I reckon when look when he's on form, he can he can fucking rip as well. But yeah, but he was fucking he was left he was left out in the cold. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. He left, so he's come back, and now he is a dusty dinosaur. So, but like does Savior Holloway, we call him. He was so quick, you know. Like I, sp- and I don't know. Look, I was just looking at like certain aspects of the side and just going, okay, well that's literally five of the same person. They're the same height, same speed, same build, same attributes. Like, what is anyone going to roll the dice ever? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, I'm rolling. If I'm if I've got three halfbacks, I'm rolling the dice on my third. I'm not picking another guy who's who's fucking going to be do the same shit, but he's going to be just slightly worse. Like, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to pick this guy as the fastest person in the state, uh, or at his position, or he's this, or he's that. Same with not props because they're important, but wingers. Like, yeah. if, you've got a, if you've got a fringe winger. Like, am I going to hire another winger who's like not internationally quick, but he's pretty good and he makes all these tackles? Or I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get this guy. He's the fastest person in the shoot shield. Let's see if he can do something. Like, Why do wingers score so many tries? Because they're out wide on the edge? Because they're marked by other wingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, never thought about it that way. I mean, I don't want to let you in on Eastwood's game plan, but we'll be playing our wingers on the side of the scrum and our flankers on the wing this year. Oh, I like that. Eddie Jones said something not long ago that he reckons a lot of players will start to become, like, there won't just be positions. Like, you'll have to know how to do certain roles at set piece. But, like, your, your outside backs will be as big and as strong as flankers, and flankers will yeah. be as fast he, as outside yeah. backs. He was talking about Jack Noll playing like seven sort of thing. Like that's right, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's that is not. Uh, let's talk about Shane Warren for a second. I think we've talked about <laughs> him. I think we've talked about him before. But like you know, we're talking about vanilla vanilla people. I think that yeah. was might have been your theory, might have been my theory. Who knows? Yeah. But Shane Warren. Arguably one of our greatest ever. Yeah. He's a total degenerate. Yeah. But he never tried to be anything other than Shane Warren. And that's why everyone loved him. Yeah. That's that's my theory. So if you're going to be a certain... If, you're, if you don't want to be vanilla, just be unashamedly yourself and just own it and people will accept you. I would love to know a little bit more about some of the players. I, I think some media exposure... Like Shane Warren had a lot of media exposure. Some that's of it, because he was he was I know, doing I know, things. I know, I know. Some of it because he was texting. He was on the. He was getting late on massages, um, you know, with Colombian cheddar. But some of it was because he was exposed to the media. He was mic'd up. He's like, I think, I think they've got to push some personalities. Like that's how you, you get people rolling again. 
that's something this sport, and that's part of the reason I started the other podcast, is, is we do a terrible job of, in rugby in this country of telling people's stories. And if you think about it, Jed, like the reason Shoot Shield gets such a following is because all the supporters know the players. They know their stories. Correct. They have an attachment to them. Yep. And, and I think we've lost that in Super Rugby. Like, unless unless Matt Gibbons playing for the Rebels, I'm probably not going to watch the Rebels. Yeah, but that that all started when they started picking people out of fucking thin air. Yeah. Um, and if you pick people out of thin air, they don't have those followings. But best believe that hypothetically, you know, someone from South gets picked up for the Rebels next year and he's playing. I'll be watching. That clubhouse is full. And yeah. when they're in Sydney, the boys are there. But the the whole the descent started when they just started picking any seventeen year old on the planet, or like anyone over six three from South Africa. That that was when shit started going south, and that was ten years ago. We've had some interesting second row imports of the task, w- the worst of all time, and for for living memory, they've all played shoot shield and they've all sucked. The only one that I can think of who was good was Jacques Potgetter. He was amazing, but we played him at six, so I'm not going to count it. And Sam Sam Lousy, he he's actually killing it in Europe at the moment. I know, I know. We didn't. He didn't really. He wasn't. He didn't do really, anything here, but he keeps no, he killing it in Europe. Of course he is, but he didn't do anything for us. Unfortunately, I remember him coming over. Uh, he's a big unit. Went and played some minor ten after that, and then he was like, "Where where the fuck was he for the Tonga game? He should have been in the team." Exactly right. I am putting my hand up to run Tongan Rugby Union on this podcast. I would like to officiate. I would like to run it. So, you know any Tongan? Offer R2 Toko? Yeah, I love you as well, man. <laughs> All right. You got any other controversial statements you want to throw at me before we finish this thing? Uh, give me two, like, give me 30 seconds. We'll probably have to cut this bit. But I'm, just, right. I'm just, mate, we can cut whatever, mate. Occasionally, I'll make a note about something that I want to complain about I, I like I had energy all day, and then as soon as I sit down to chat, I'm just like, like a fucking zombie. I'm speaking to Steve Hoyles in the morning, so that should be interesting. Yeah, he's, where is he? He's the head coach of LA now. Oh, he's head coach of LA. Okay, that's pretty cool. He's a really nice guy. I like him a lot. He's a good fella. Yeah, he, I like him a lot. Um, I'm just looking through my through my um. Have you started throwing any knives in Ben Batch's back yet? I'm not cutting this bit, by the way. Oh, fucking! I'll put him in his feet. <laughs> yeah, I've got a take. I've got a controversial take. I think it was it was one of the New Zealand Seven stars got in an argument with. Not in an argument. It was actually uh, it was actually a discourseful con- conversation about equal pay for women's and men's sevens players in New Zealand. Go on. Well, I think is it the Socceroos, the uh, the Jillaroos, Matildas, the Matildas. What's the Jillaroos? Is that the Matilda? Matildas is the the women's female soccer team. Yeah. And um, well, I'll let you finish this statement in a moment. But I've been watching. I've been doing highlight reels for one of their players yeah. who is about to sign for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Amazing. I've had such an appreciation. What like I'm not a soccer guy at all, as you know. I can barely run. I could barely walk, but um, watching what watching what they do, I've got such an appreciation for how talented they are, and I love the fact that they play all the time too. I watch it. I watch it all the time. I like sport, but should they be paid the same as the men's team? 
I don't know. Well, well, they're certainly playing a lot more than the men are. Um, you say I don't know or no? I don't. I don't know. But I think how how I view it is is you should get paid a percentage of what you bring in. So if you're bringing in a million dollars and I'm bringing in a million dollars and we're doing the same job, mm. we should get the same money. Is that a fair statement? Yes, but that's not how. That's the, the exact antithesis of the argument. But if you're bringing a million dollars and I'm bringing in five million dollars. Who should get paid more? Well, the five million dollar person. That's my argument. I, I don't know. Okay, what well, the revenue they're bringing. Your argument, unfortunately, flies in the face of that movement. Um, but that's how the, I would view it. The New Zealand Sevens guy, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. He was very eloquent, but he's like, there's got to be an element of economics to it. But isn't that economics? You get paid. Yeah, 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 no, there is. They're like, you, like, you know, there's. There's, I think I definitely think it should get a little kickstart, like it should get a little pump, like it, whether it be an extra five, extra ten. It's very, very hard. Like I, I've, you know, used to we used to represent some of the, of the players in the NRLW, and like they were on like ten thousand dollars, and they had to work as well. And it's very hard. So I think there should be some sub, like you know, they they should help it out. But that you can't just say equal pay because one of them. One of them's producing hundreds of millions, and not one of them isn't. The 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 other argument to that that I've heard is is that if they'd had the same push as the men's game has had, would they be getting the same audience? Would they be making the same money? Okay, well, like the problem with that is, I can apply that to a women's sport and be like, well, why the fuck? Why aren't men equally represented in netball? Why aren't they? Because they don't fucking play it. And percentage-wise, women don't play rugby. I, I agree. I love women's rugby as well. I watch all the fucking uh, Super W. I watch everything. But there's got to be like a logical economic step to... You can't just get money because you want it. I, I, I agree. I, I think... Pro- Maybe a good way of attacking this would be you get paid the same percentage of the revenue you bring in. That is that is fair. That is not going to make people happy. Yeah. But I know that. But what if you what if you put an extra percentage of revenue into marketing the the alternative game? So just say just say the the Australian men's cricket team get a million dollars in marketing uh, budget a year. The Australian mm-hmm. women's cricket team should get the same marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I don't dis- I don't disagree. I think I think that would be helpful. I don't I, I don't think that they would spend their money that way. I, I potentially they wouldn't either. But if you want if you want uh, equity, is that not a better way of, of boosting the brand of the team than just going, hey, we'll just pay you the same because you're the same? Like the tennis players get paid the same amount of money. Yeah, which is bring- fucking dumb. Well, the women actually play best of three sets. Men play best of five sets. Correct. They, but they bring the same money in. Yeah. Well, then I so, so it's fair. If they bring the same money in, I don't have a problem. But I think if you're you're literally U, UFC fighters get paid the same because yeah. they bring the same revenue. In. That's that's exactly it. So and like Ronda Rousey was the highest paid fighter for a long period of time because she was bringing the most money in. She got. She got. She a reporter in Melbourne tried to honey dick her into some sort of fourth wave feminism. By the way, for the record, first wave, second wave, very important. Fourth wave feminism about like, do you feel like women are underrepresented in the sport or like 
they should all be paid a certain amount. And she's like, I'm, I'm paid the most because I'm the best and people want to see me. So no. And that is the end of that chapter. I agree. I think people should. This is an argument that I've had for a long time. And I think rugby in general and Australian society in general probably frowns upon self-promotion a little bit. But like, look at the way Quaid does his Instagram. Like it or hate it, he does an excellent job of promoting himself. I hate it personally. But, but, but you would agree that he does promote himself in a really good way. Yeah. He gives people an insight into his training and his life and people can get to know the guy behind the rugby player. He promotes himself as a 10th level black belt. 10th Dan Jiu-Jitsu black belt. <laughs> he speaks in fucking riddles. But well, I, I think generally speaking, it's frowned upon to promote yourself like that. I would be promoting, if I was better at whatever I did, playing rugby and now whatever I do now, I would promote the fuck the shit out of myself. 100%. I would have a blog. I'd have a vlog. I'd be doing good Instagram posts. I'd, I'd be giving... Blog. I'd have a mog. I'd have everything. 100%. You do a podcast. Like, look at the rugby league boys do a far better job of promoting themselves than the rugby guys do. Like, some of the league podcasts, I, I can't understand how people listen to them, but they're some of the most popular podcasts in Australia. Up there with this one. Yeah, well, not quite. But, like, Dan messaged me the other day. He's like, still, I'm still trying. I said, keep going, man. And he, he played at South for a year. Yeah, I know. 2012-ish. I think I should challenge him to a fight. Do you reckon? He's pretty fat. I'm pretty fat. No, like he's like, he's 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 rigged, he's slopping out. Do you reckon he'd do boxing or kickboxing or MMA? I'll challenge you, Denim. I'll challenge you to an MMA fight. <laughs> is that a good, good way of boosting the profile? But the, the point is, I think... <laughs> I, I think... Players have a limited time to make the most of their, their profile. And that if you can boost your profile while you're playing or fighting or whatever you're doing, then your next career is going to have a bit of a jump start to it. Whether you want to sell booze, start a brand, sell caffeine gum, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I'm, you know what? I'm considering selling caffeine gum just to spite <laughs> that one fucking person who complained. Because I like spite is a very powerful tool. And I wish I was. I wish I was more spiteful. Well, people do and say things on purpose, Chubby. I read a. You, you like your quotes. I read a quote the other day. People do what they do and say what they say on purpose. They meant to do it, so that's how they feel about things. If you know, if you're against me, you're against me, and that's fucking. That's it. Anything we'd go in a tag team fight. You could take Brett Finch. I'd take Denim Kemp. I'd fucking oh geez, what was I about to say then? That was gonna be crazy. Or is there someone that's like a bit more our size that's like good podcasters? I can't think of any. Maybe we should fight Hamish and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Officially, I'd like to officially challenge Hamish and Andy to a tag team MMA fight. You, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I will definitely I will 100 percent fight them. I'll I'm happy to fight. Um, I think we should go after another rugby league podcast. Though. I'm happy to fight the. I was looking at the top podcast. Um, there's a podcast like uh, done by Mama Mia, two, three women. I'm happy to fight them. Um, <laughs> there was actually an intergender fight on the weekend. Yeah, well, great. Um, you pay per viewed it, of course. I'm happy to fight. 
there's like a bachelorette recap. I'll fight that girl. We got a, one of the South boys is on the bachelor. Yes, Steve. Good bloke. Great which bloke. One, which one's he? Uh, he's like I don't know. I've, I watched the first episode. I'm like, this is boring as fuck. And even though Steve's on it, I know when he leaves, so I can't can't say because we get a big audience watching this show. But he's a fucking good bloke. He didn't win. Thank you. Yeah, look, I, I, Hamish Nanny is the main one coming up. Or Dr. Carl. I'll also I will mess Dr. Carl up. Dr. Carl, you don't have this, you don't have the brains to figure out what's about to happen to you. Well, mate, it's hard to have the brains when he gets a slinging snap kick to his fucking temple, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to have the brains when I'm putting my foot into his mate. When you're bored, which you undoubtedly will be soon, Google Guido Hutsies. Guido Hatsis. Guido Hatsis, greatest kickbox in the world. <laughs> oh, mutter, 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 I'll sling and snap kick you, mutt. Where, uh, this is obviously, this is where the podcast is probably over at this point, but uh, he used to do that, like, where he wanted his license plate. He's like, can I get Guido Hatsis? And the lady's like, yeah, greatest kickboxer in the fucking world. She's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, on a special diet, uh, low carb, high protein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing people should do if they're bored is go and look up old Carl Pilkington podcast. Fucking hilarious! Oh, yeah, yeah, I, know I think they, I think they used to charge for him. But Ricky Gervais, you know, have you seen an idiot abroad? Yeah. So he would just get Carl Pilkington on. He's like Danger Dane at South, honestly, like unintentionally hilarious bloke who's just like, you know, <laughs> mate, Danger Dane. That guy's unbelievable. But he would just ask him questions about like politics and. You know, is there an afterlife and shit like that? And just would record the stuff that he says. Maybe we should get Danger Dane on here and do that. I'm happy to do that. Now, look, uh, to finish up, I just yes. came up with something because I'm fucking genius. You are. If you had to pick one current Wallaby to be Prime Minister, who are you picking and why? Like, I mean, you, you got the mind goes straight to hoops, obviously. You know, he's become... I always thought he was a good leader and was unfairly criticised. He's probably... I'm going to go with Lockie Swinton. (laughs) (laughs) What? I just reckon he'd be a lot of fun, some of the press conferences. He's not a big talker. I don't think you have to be. Look Look at the people we got doing it now. I thought you were going to go with Sensei Quaid. He's not Australian. We'd all have... He's not Australian. <laughs> He's not Australian, apparently. Could go Marika. Apparently, he keeps the very... He's in charge down there. He does a good... I like that guy. I met him once. He's really... I I like he was him. a fucking good dude. Um, Sefa, you, you were, were you there when Seth was there? Yeah. He's a good dude. I'm going to elect... I'm going to go Nick White. He's got a country heritage. He's kind of aggressive. I think he... He'd increase our international diplomacy. Um, he's I know not, he's a big fan of this podcast. So we should try and get him on. He's a big fan of the podcast. He's a country boy at heart. He's not going to take, he's not going to let these like little flowers in the media get to him. He's just, he's just going to get his job done. And it'd be great to see a politician with a mustache. I just, <sighs> absolutely. Absolutely. Let's so let's summarize everything we talked about because this has been quite some episode, <laughs> just quietly. So um, oh. uh, you've been dealing drugs to kids. So there's that. 
Mm, they're fucking sped poor. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I was going to make, like, I asked Kate, I'm like, hey, do you reckon I could make these t shirts just say drug dealer on them? Yeah, I think that'd be funny, bro. Well, but caffeine, caffeine's a drug. I'm selling yeah, drugs. Yeah, everything's a drug. Caffeine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> well, this deteriorated rapidly. I'm going to have to do some editing on this one. Uh, <laughs> if you somehow manage to get to the end of this show, Please subscribe on YouTube. I was about to say LinkedIn. Maybe don't subscribe on LinkedIn. Look, if you subscribe and send me a screenshot, I will send you one dollar. Well, how about we do this? No, I'm going to leave that in. Toby, I think we should do something where you've tagged three friends and they subscribe and we give them a signed Waratahs jersey from Holloway. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, I reckon we'll we pay, can... we'll pay for the jersey. It's fucking fifty bucks each, and yeah, then he can't sign. And we get 200 extra followers. Well, should we actually do a giveaway, like a decent giveaway? I might give a few boxes of caffeine gum away before the government shuts me down. Um, that might be a good thing to do. Number one caffeine supplement in the world. We'll get a Waratahs jersey, Jed Holloway. Can we organize that, please, brother? That's easy. Like, that's easy done. I can get a Rebels one. Boom. Um, well, let's do that. Let's get this fucking thing going. Uh, we might even get some shirts, mate. You want a shirt? Yeah. I was thinking about some funny shirts. Might be hard to sell them to start with because we've got like five listeners. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. We've got 300 odd listeners at this point. That's not too bad. Not bad I, for show seven. I think we need to do like what something like that where it's like tag three friends, send me the send me the photo of the thing and you go in, you go in a not a very big draw to win a fucking good prize and you've got to do nothing. Let's do that. All right. And maybe we'll give it away when we fight one of the other podcasters. Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, you can take Andy. He, he looks like he's a little bit. He's wiry. He's wiry. Whereas Hamish is just a sack of fucking vomit. I got him. I'm a big fan of that guy. Just quite. Yeah, he's funny as fuck. But I'll still. You know what? <laughs> Let's fight the inspired unemployed. Thank you. Who the fuck are they? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I love them too. I love them too. But why are they so much funnier than us? Well, they're not. They're just. Fucking, they just do stupid videos. I love it though. They poured so they like if you listen to their story, which I have, they poured a fucking lot of time into it. Did they? Yeah, like they just kept doing in surreals and shit forever. Um, but they're fucking funny and they're tiny. I would love to fight them. <laughs> All right, so okay, um, the Loosehead Sports Show is putting out an official fight challenge to the inspired unemployed. Yeah, I really like them. But I, for, for our benefit only, we're going to have to fight you. We'll fight them. And everything that we raise for it will go to charity. Kiss fight. <laughs> it's a kiss fight, a pillow fight. But it'll be a fight. Mate, we'll fuck them up. All right, let's finish on that. This has so got cool. it out of control. I'm actually going to have to edit this episode. <laughs> <laughs>